Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renew Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Good morning, church. How we doing? Welcome to Jeopardy! I'm your host, Pastor Mikey, and we are going to get in it. But can we get crazy? Can we make some noise for our contestants? Carlos Nieves and Daniel Santiago. So, gentlemen, if you can stand right here. Guys, can we get these gentlemen a mic, please, so these fine people can hear them this morning? Um, I said stand over here, sir. Is this going to be a problem, sir? Over here. Thank you. We're Christians, so we have grace. That's fine. All right. Welcome to Jeopardy. Gentlemen, how are you feeling? Doing good. I'm going to beat Carlos. That's all I care about. Very well, very well. All right, do you guys understand the rules of Jeopardy? Yes. No. Excellent. You're going to pick a category, a number amount. A statement is going to appear, and you're going to have to guess the answer. For example. If one of them said, God's chicken, the answer would be? What is Chick-fil-A? Hey, there it is. That's cheating. You cheated. Those are the rules. All right, gentlemen. R, it is a well-known fact. Chick-fil-A is God's chicken, by the way. Are we ready? Yeah. Let's play Jeopardy. All right. Friends 200. Friends for 200. The acronym some people use to describe their closest friend. Best friend. God. Jesus. Good answer. Not the answer. What is BFF? What is BFF? Good job. Good job. It's okay. It's a long game. You got a chance. No, you got a it's, chance. It's, again, it's a well-known fact. All right. Carlos. Uh, let's go friends for 400. Friends for 400. Mon ami. That's it. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's my answer. Uh, I have no idea. So that's wrong. Yeah, so. <laughs> Daniel. Okay, so I'm not sure, but it kind of reminds me of pizza. So I'm going to say... Mamma mia. <laughs> Is your final answer sounds like pizza, Mamma mia? Uh, 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 Mamma mia, Mamma mia. Look, it literally looks like Mamma mia. That is not the answer. What? The answer is what is my friend in French? Not even Italian. <laughs> Sorry. All right, Mama Daniel. Mia. What is it going to be? Talk it out 1,000. Talk it out 1,000. All right. An average person spends 45% of their time using this communication skill. <laughs> this is either going to sound super dumb. Talking. No. <laughs> the answer is not talking. Carlos. What is texting? Oh, good. But no, the answer is, what is listening? All right. I suck at Jeopardy. Final opportunity. You can actually win here, Daniel, if Carlos gets it wrong. Carlos. Uh, friends for 800. Friends for 800. According to a Gallup poll, the number of close friends the average person has. I would, what is four? No, that is not the answer. Daniel, this is your chance to win the game. What is three? No. Oh, three it so is, what is nine? <laughs> guys, give it up for your contestants. We you got a great message for you guys. Nice. All right, let's give them up. Give them one more round of applause. Come on. 
Welcome to Games People Play. That's the game we play today. So how's everybody doing today? Feeling good? Ready for the word today? Y'all ready to receive? I hope so. Okay, well, I want to say hi to somebody, and she's not in the room. I want to say hi to my mom. She's watching online. You guys help me say hi to my mom. Say hi, mom. She told me she would be watching. You know, my mom, she lives in Oklahoma. She's been with us for the last three weeks. She was here last week for Easter. She survived tornadoes last night. She lives in Oklahoma. She flew back this week. And there was, if you watch the Weather Channel, you saw, like, there were tornadoes touching down. And I called my mom. I'm like, hey, mom, what are you doing? She's like, I'm in the closet with my dog. And I'm like, oh, man, that does not make me feel good as your son. I'm not really helping you very much here in Florida. But literally, she was in the closet seeking shelter because that's what you do when a tornado comes. Um, Thank God the tornadoes didn't come near her house. But um, many of you know, probably many of you know this, my dad died last year. And my dad, he was my best friend. He was my my mentor, my biggest fan. And he was a huge support of my girls and I. My mom and dad, they were married for 54 years. Isn't that awesome? Come on, let's give God praise. Something to live for. Good. As I think about growing up with my dad, man, I I think about this and I think about the series that we're in because my dad didn't play games. He didn't play games. Uh, It's funny, actually, if I could be more specific, he did play games in recent years with my grand, I mean, with his granddaughters, with his grandsons, like he had 10 granddaughters and and two grandsons and and he was always playing games with them. He was always telling jokes and and doing all of those things that they wanted him to do. Anything they wanted him to do, uh, he would do for them. But when he came to his four sons, I'm the youngest of four, uh, he didn't play games. That, that's the way my dad was. He didn't play games. I, I still remember the last time I got a, a spanking. Um, let me clarify, a whipping. Let me, let me be more specific, a beating, okay? Probably not appropriate, but I got a beating. Um, he would take me to my room, make me kneel at my bed, and he would use his belt or a hanger, and he would whip me. Why? Because he didn't play games. The crazy thing is, it was never anything I did to him. Like, I wasn't playing games with him. That was never a problem. My punishment usually came because I disrespected my mom. And when she told him and he got home, that's when the trouble came out. That's when, when the, 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 the angry dad sometimes came out. Why? Because he didn't play games. One of his sayings that he would say, and my brothers and I would joke about it later on in life, was, this is going to hurt me, you know? <laughs> More than it hurts you. You've heard that, right? This is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. But uh, we didn't believe it at the time. I believe it now. I do believe it because it did hurt him. If I was disrespecting my mom or fighting with my brother or getting in trouble at school, like it felt like for him that he wasn't doing his job as a parent. So it would hurt him more than it would hurt me. So, so as his son and me being part of him, he would, um, it would hurt that he would have to punish me, and he would even feel that pain, I believe. But it didn't keep him from doing it. Why? Because he didn't play games. I think we play games too much. I think we as people play games with our parents, our siblings, with our, our spouse, our boyfriend, our girlfriend. Worst of all, worst of all, we play games with God too much. The first game ever played was in Genesis chapter 3. So in the creation account, the creation story, you can see this here in Genesis 3 verse 6. It says, when the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then their eyes were opened and they realized they were naked. So if you're not familiar with creation account, Genesis, and this story, this is the the story of the first man and woman. And this was, God says, I'll give you dominion over everything. You can name the animals. You can eat anything you want. Just don't touch the tree that's in the middle of the garden. Just avoid that. And what did they do? They immediately go to that tree and eat of that fruit. Their eyes are open. They realize they're naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and they made coverings for themselves. And the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Man, we have been playing games since the beginning of time. 
the first man and the first woman, Adam and Eve, they played that very first game. What's the name of that game that kids sometimes play? Hide and seek, right? Hide and seek. And, and yet you're like, you're hiding in plain sight, but somehow you think that you can hide from God when all the while you can never hide from God. That was the first game, but it wasn't the last. I've talked to some of you this week who have been playing hide and seek in plain sight with God. Like you're, you're hiding from God and yet he sees everything. He knows everything. I mean, like think about this. God knows you. He knows your temptation. He knows who you are. He knows your secret sins. He, he knows your life. He knows your strife and the breakup with your wife. I did that on purpose. He knows the games people play. He knows everything about you. I mean, that's what, like, these games people play, that's what telenovelas are all about. That's why we watch them, right? That's what social media is mostly about. That's why we do it. That's what ghosting people on text is about. It's what putting on a happy mask looks like when really you're just depressed. It's all the games that people play. But I'll say it again, and I'll probably say it over and over throughout this series. God doesn't play games. This series, the key verse for this series is Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and it's at the uh, top of your worship guide if you're taking notes, and I hope you will. I hope you'll, you'll refer to these notes throughout the week and be able to go back to them and, and uh, allow this to, to kind of soak into your heart and in your spirit. Romans 12, 2 says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want you to get this, and I, I took some liberty to kind of trans, translate that word pattern to, to the word game. Don't, don't conform to the game of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Stop playing games. Stop conforming to what everybody does, what they're always doing. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This is how you can do this. These are the ways that you can do this. And I want to start uh, with this in the series. And, and just to kind of set the series up a little bit, I'll tell you some of the, the games that, that people play that we're going to identify and talk about. One of the games is the blame game, right? You know the blame game? Pointing the finger. It's always their fault. It's always somebody else's fault. Never do we have any responsibility in it. That's one of the games that people often play. Another game is excuses games, right? Like always an excuse for everything. Literally, come on. Like I get it that, that there's a reason why this didn't happen, but can you take some responsibility in your life? If you want good relationships, start taking some responsibility in your life. I'm going to preach on that one day. I'm already about to start preaching about it, but excuses. And then the pretend game, the pretend game. Let's play pretend. Let's be someone we're not, right? How often is that on Sunday mornings that you walk into church and, and maybe you just got into a fight with your, your, your spouse or your, your kids or whatever right before you walk in the door and you shut the door and it's like, turn it on. Hey, how you doing? What's going on? Welcome. Glad you're here. I mean, I'll be honest. I've done that. I play pretend sometimes. It's games people play. These are the games that sometimes we play, being someone that you're not. But I want to help us kind of think about these things. I want, to, I want to help us think about these in the context of relationships and how we can get better, how we can win out relationships by stopping some of the games, by cutting out some of the games in our lives. Today, uh, to open the series, we're going to face demons. We're going to open with uh, a, a pretty serious topic, but uh, I want you just to stay with me on this and, and uh, let me allow this to, to speak into your life. Some of you are like, well, I don't have a demon, so I don't have a problem. Well, I want you to just lean in and listen in and allow God to, to speak to you. Will you do that? Can I pray with us even before we get into it? God, we just pray right now that you would help us as we get into this message, that we would do what it is that you're calling us to do, that we would respond to the word the way that you're calling us to respond. Whatever it is that we need to do, do that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said... Amen, amen. So let's go to uh, Mark chapter 5, starting at verse 1. Mark chapter 5, starting at verse 1. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. 
You hear in these things like the guy had an impure spirit. He came from the tombs. No one could bind him. For he had often been chained hand and foot. But he tore the chains apart and he broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When Jesus saw him from a distance, he ran and he fell on his knees in front of him and he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. Verse 11, a large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. And the demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. And he gave them permission. And the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. We're going to stop there for just a little bit, and I'll, I'll talk about it, and then I'll come back to the passage in just a few minutes. But I want to highlight this for a minute. I want to talk about who this man was. Scripture says he lived among the tombs. Scripture says he lived among the dead. This is this is not like probably the 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 um, you know the most coveted zip code in the in the county, right? Like he lived in the the tombs. He also lived near a pig farm. There were two thousand pigs conveniently hanging out in the area. So. I want you just to kind of use your smell memory right now. Have you ever smelled a, a pig? I'm not talking about your husband's wives. I'm, uh, I'm talking about a real-life farm animal. You ever smelled a pig? Multiply it by 2,000. Oh, wow. You got it? It's bad, right? It's not the place you would want to go to hang out. It's not the place someone would invite you over for dinner. No one, no one could control this guy. No one could control this guy. They would oftentimes try to bind him, and, and he would break the chains. In other words, what kind of person do you have to put in stocks? What kind of person do you have to handcuff? It must be a bad dude. It must be a guy that does not really have relationships. This is the kind of guy we're talking about. They would restrain him, and he'd break the chains. And it says night and day, he would cry out, and he would cut himself with stones. In other words, he's like an animal. He's like running around the town, around the countryside, and he's crying out like an animal. And he's cutting himself with stones. This is that man. He had problems. But I want to state the obvious. Maybe it's not obvious yet, but I want to bring it up to make sure you know. This guy had problems. Not only did he have problems, he had demons, but this guy was also somebody's son. This guy was also somebody's maybe brother. This guy was somebody that they grew up with. This guy was a relationship. He was in relationship with somebody even if he hasn't been in some time. What's the point? The point is that man had a demon. He had lots of them. And the demons that he had caused him to struggle with relationships. But Jesus does something about the struggle. Jesus goes to where the man is. He encounters the evil, the, the man right where he is. He confronts the evil spirit and he casts it out. He removes it and the man is set free. I know some of you are like, well, what does that have to do with me? What does that have to do with relationships? What does that have to do with my relationships in, in particular? I want to say this. This man had something that was not of him that controlled him. If you're taking notes, this is one of the fill in the blanks. This man had something that was not of him that controlled him. That was demons. These were demons. This was legion. When, when Jesus said, what's your name? He wasn't talking to the man. He was speaking to the demon inside the man. And the, the legion, the, the, the demons responded, we are legion for we are many. Scary stuff, man. Crazy stuff. But this is where he was. This man had something that was not of him that controlled him. And Jesus encountered it. He confronted it. And he removed it. He didn't just say, okay, have a good day. You're crazy. He encountered it. He confronted it. If you're taking notes, these are the things that we need to know. He encountered it. He confronted it. And he removed it. Amen. And you're still like, why are you telling us this story when we're talking about games people play and relationships? What's the point, Pastor Trevor? Why are you talking about this? The point is, is you might not be possessed by a demon you might not live among tombs and have no relationship, 
you probably don't cry out and cut yourself with stones, but you're still facing demons. You're still facing demons. And you're like, did he just like slur or stutter? or What, what, what are you talking about? Demons? No. You may not cut yourself with stone. You may not be possessed with a demon. You may not live amongst the cemetery and, the, 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 uh, and have no relationships, but you're still facing demons. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. You have to face demons. Demons. Is that up there? Thank you. Because everybody's looking at me funny right now. See, it might not be demon possession to the point where this man was, but demons are still not of God. Demons. The things in your life that are not of God that can somehow in some way find a way to try to control you, try to manipulate you, try to make you someone you are not. What are demons? Let me give you some examples of demons. Unforgiving. That's an un. Unaccountable. If you, if you want to not have good relationships, don't be accountable to anybody. Like, literally do whatever you want, and when they tell, you tell them you're going to do something... Uh, and then you don't do it, just be like, oh, well, I don't care. And see how well that relationship is, how long that relationship lasts. Unaccountable. Demons include un- unapologetic. Not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Demons are unapproachable. Demons are unbelieving. They're uncooperative. They're undependable. They're ungracious. They're ungrateful. How many of you ever met an ungrateful person? You, you're like, wow, he might have a demon. He, he, he may not be demon-possessed, but how come he never says thank you for anything I ever do for him? It's a demon. You get it? You understand what I'm saying? These are the things in your life that you've got to deal with and you've got to face. Ungrateful, unloving, unreliable, unwholesome. These are the uns in our life that I want you to think about and I want you to face. They may not feel like a demon, but they are definitely not of God. You know, I was was thinking about this and I was kind of reviewing the sermon with my wife even this morning. And as I was sharing some of this with her and telling her a little bit about what I was going to be sharing and preaching this morning, you know, I I think she was trying to figure out what I was going to tell you to help you fix other people. And that's not where we start today. We start with the things that are in you that you need to fix about yourself. Because oftentimes, how is it though in relationships? We're like, man, if you could just fix my husband. If, if you could just, you know, make my boss see me. Like, like if you could just do this. You know what I'm saying? You, you get what I'm saying? But what, what I'm trying to say is if you want better relationships... If you want to win at relationships, you've got to identify the uns in your own life. You've got to identify the things in your life. And it may not be demon possession. It may not be that dark and that deep and that big. But sometimes it's not that big. It's just a seed. Sometimes it's just a little bit of a, a, a something. And that little seed can destroy the entire thing. The entire, you know, whatever it is. And you've got to identify it you got to recognize what it is, and you got to do what Jesus did, confront, encounter, confront, and remove that thing. Dim uns, these uns, are the things that are not of you that control you. And yes, you have good characteristics. Yes, uh, Pastor, you're, you're missing out on the fact that I'm a, a, a hard worker. You're missing out on the fact that I'm I, I do a lot for my family. You're missing out on all the positive things about me. I know, I know, I know, I know. You're very good. But if you want to be better in relationship, get rid of the uns. Clean out the broken parts. Go into the closet. Your house might be perfect, but if you've got a closet that's full of garbage and poison and bad things, like, why keep it? Clean it out. Spring clean that stuff and let it go. If you want your house to be whole, clean out even the littlest of spaces in your life. And that's what we're talking about today. Galatians chapter 5 this, this morning is, is, is what I woke up to that I felt like I needed to share. And it's not even on the screen, 
because I, I just felt as, as the Lord was leading that this is where I was supposed to take you to um, in this message as we open the series and we start it. Galatians 5, 16 says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit. We're going to talk about the flesh and the Spirit for just a minute. Paul is telling us about that. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. Okay, so th there's two things waging war in your life, the flesh and the Spirit, right? The things that, that, that we do physically, and then the things that are led by the Spirit of God, right? So these are the things, and they fight against each other, Paul says. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. These, they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. And these are, these are very similar to the uns we just talked about. The acts of the flesh, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you live in the uns, if you're living like this, you're not living according to the spirit of God. You're living according to the flesh. You're allowing the flesh to rule you. But the good news is, is there's a secondary part to this passage. Paul says, don't live like this. Don't live in the uns, but instead live in the spirit. And this is some descriptions of the spirit. But the fruit of the spirit is love. It's joy. It's peace. It's patience. It's kindness. It's goodness. It's faithfulness. It's gentleness. And it's self-control. Paul is saying, here's, here's the way the world lives. Here's the way the flesh lives. Here's the way you can choose to live if you want. But this is what I'm challenging you. This is what I'm calling you to live. This is how I'm calling you to live. Live according to the Spirit. Love joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Which one is it for you? I'm not talking about your friend. I'm not talking about your neighbor. I'm not talking about your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend. I'm talking about you. We got to get you right before you can get them right. Which one is it for you? Are you living according to the flesh in those uns? are you living according to the Spirit? That's, that's how we identify Spirit-filled believers. We identify them by their fruit. A tree is known by its fruit, and if you have that fruit in you, you could say, wow, they're Spirit-filled. Wow, the Holy Spirit's living in them. God's guiding them. I'm not saying that you're not going to have every once in a while a moment of, of, of bitterness and anger and frustration. That's my daughters. They can see it. They know, they know Daddy behind, uh, uh, behind a closed door every once in a while when he freaks out a little bit. But I don't stay freaked out. And I say, baby, forgive me. I'm sorry. And I say, God, help me. And I want to live according to the Spirit in everything that I do and all that I am. In this message, I want to identify the uns. We're going to talk about the games that people like to play, including us. And we're going to do as Jesus did. We're going to encounter them. We're going to confront them. And then we're going to cast them out. Amen. Let me go back to the man that had a demon. As Mark chapter 5, verse 18, as Jesus was getting into the boat, so he'd already delivered the man from, from demon possession, and, and Jesus is about to leave the area, and he's going into the boat. It says, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. I, you, you hear this? Isn't this good? This man that lived among the dead, that cut himself, that could not be in control, that literally ran the countryside screaming and doing all kinds of stuff, all of a sudden, he was restored. 
he was brought back into relationship to his own people. Jesus said, go to your people, because he had a mom. He had family, he had people. And, and Jesus said, it's not just that I'm going to deliver you from the demon. I'm going to restore you in your relationship. You're going to win at relationships. And the Bible says, man went, began to tell the people in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. And all the people were amazed. Isn't that good? Like, listen, here's a guy, a broken, demon-possessed, crazy guy. Jesus confronts, encounters, confronts, and removes the demon. And all of a sudden, this guy is not only healed, but he's restored. He's brought back into relationship with his home, with his family, with his community. His life is forever changed. And not only is that good for, for this man, but it's good for everybody around him, the entire community. All The Bible says all the people were amazed. What does that mean? All the people were amazed. They're like, look at this guy. Look at the guy that used to be crazy. What did God do? Like, what happened? How did you do it? And, and then he's like, well, you know what? I, I encountered Jesus. He confronted my demon and he removed it. Let me tell you, that's evangelism 101. If you want to know how to win your lost family and friends and loved ones and neighbors and even enemies, when you start getting rid of your uns, and they're like, wow, what is the matter? Like, why are you different? Why do you not freak out like you used to do that? Why are you, like, so loving and kind? Why are you so good with your kids? Why are you so good with me? I don't deserve it. All of these things that happen... And all of a sudden, you can just say, well, it's Jesus. I encountered Jesus, and he removed my demons. He removed my uns. He removed that stuff in my life, and, and now all of a sudden, I'm different. All the people were amazed at him, and all the people will be amazed. Not just at you, but at God. They'll say, look at God. Look what the Lord has done. And they'll give glory to God. Listen, this stuff matters. This stuff makes a difference. If you do this, it will transform your community. And I want you to get it. I want you to have it. I want you to experience it, not just for you, but for everyone around you. My point is God used the removal of the demon, not only for the good of the man, but for the good of the people in this town. He shared what God did, and all were amazed. My point is God's mercy is contagious, and he can even use a demon-possessed guy living in the graveyard to change other people's lives. If you choose today to identify your demons or demons and encounter, confront, and remove, it will change you and those around you. That's how you win at relationships. Amen. Stand up with me. Stand up. Stand up. Come on, let's stand. Stand up this morning. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me. 1 John chapter 4 says this. With your heads bowed, let me just read this to you and, and allow this to be kind of a prayer also. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God, and everyone that loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but he loved us and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete. This morning, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want you to experience that love for one another. But I think it starts with experience the love of God, the love that God has for you personally and individually. It starts with you fully and completely surrendering everything you have to him. And maybe there's a person in the room that hasn't done that. Your first step is encountering a living God 
encountering his son, Jesus, and letting him do a work in you to confront you, to confront the things that maybe are not right and remove the stuff that's wrong, remove the things that need to be taken away. If you allow him to, if you accept him in, allow him to be Lord of your life, then he'll come in and he'll be in communion with you and relationship with you. He'll begin to transform you, but not only you, but also your entire community. If today, with your heads bowed, nobody's looking around, this isn't for the person next to you, this is for you. If today, you want to start with that very first step, which is full surrender, asking Jesus to come into your life, to forgive you of your sins, to be your Lord and Savior. If today, that's you, nobody looking around and not worrying about what anybody else says, if that's you today, would you just lift your hand right where you are and just say, Pastor, that's me. I see your hand in the back. Praise God. Anybody else? If that's you today, just lift your hand right where you're at. Say, Pastor, that's me. Is there anybody else? I see your hand up front. Praise God. Anybody else? I see your hand, my brother. Praise God. I'm praying for you. I love you. Anybody else? While, while people pray, while people uh, make this decision, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead you in a prayer as I do almost every Sunday. Whether you're watching online or even in person, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer. I'm going to ask you to pray it boldly and out loud. And if you're a believer, a follower of Jesus, I'm going to ask you to pray alongside of those people that are making this decision. If, if this is something that you're declaring or you have declared, I'm going to ask you just to join us in praying this prayer, this prayer of surrender and prayer for salvation to ask Jesus to save you and to come and be with you. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I know that I've sinned, that I've made mistakes, that there's some bad living inside of me. But here and now, I ask you to come in, to forgive me, to clean me, and to make me brand new. Today, I declare Jesus, my Lord, my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let me, let me, amen. Praise God. Let me pray. Let me pray over you. Let me pray over you. Would you bow your heads one more time? And maybe there was a room, person in the room, and this is that call for the person that, that's like, Pastor, I've been saved my whole life, but I got some uns. I got some unloving, unkind, unforgiving, unwholesome things in my life. And here and now, I want Jesus to confront, encounter, and remove those things. If that's you today, right where you are, if that's you today, just be bold enough to say, Pastor, that's me. I'm, de I'm, I'm declaring that I want to be set free of those things. If that's you, raise your hand right where you're at. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Man, all over the room, I see your hand. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. God, you see hands, but you also see hearts, and you know where they're at. God, I pray that you do the work in them. I pray that you do the transformative work in their lives. God, to begin to clean and restore and make them new, to clean every part of the house, not just what people see, but God, what you see, so that we stop playing hide and seek. God, because we can't hide from you. Everything that we have is bare before you, God. You know us from the inside out. You knew us even before we were in our mother's womb. Thank you, oh God, that you love us in that. Help us. Help these people, God, that are confessing and, and coming before you. Begin to do a removing work, a cleaning work, transformative work in their lives. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. Let's sing a closing song together. Let's sing together.
Amen, right? Amen. Man, what a, what, a, what a perfect song. What a perfect song to wrap up this message, man. May your fit, man, may his favor be upon you for a thousand generations. May your family and your children and their children and their children. What a service. And pastor's talking about his dad, Tom Pound. I hear that song and I think about he is proof of that promise of the Lord. That is a man who gave up some uns, who, who surrendered his life to Jesus, committed his life to Jesus. And God's blessing and favor is on his family for generations and generations and generations. In the Pound family, there are pastors, church planners, missionaries. Fathers, husbands, wives, following the Lord. What a blessing. My challenge, my encouragement is give up those things, man. Because what you give up and, and if you surrender it all to Jesus, who knows what the Lord can do in your family. For generations and generations and generations, your children and their children and their children, man, come on. Maybe you were dealt a bad hand. Maybe your parents didn't disciple you. Maybe they didn't tell you about Jesus. But you can make that change for your kid. You can change your family history by giving it to Jesus. Man, what a word this morning. What a powerful word, man. I encourage you guys, take this stuff serious, man. God is powerful. Man, be a Tom Pound today, man. Be a Tom Pound. What a legacy. Man, you may be seated. I'm trying to get you guys out of here. <laughs> Let's get into some announcements, man. Some things we've got going on at Renew Church, man. This is such an exciting time, man. I want to encourage you guys and let you guys know about baptism that's coming up. It's going to be on May the 1st. Man, if you, if you just decided to follow Jesus or if you've recently decided to follow Jesus, man, that next step is baptism. What baptism is, is, man, it's that public declaration to the world that you are following Jesus. I like to, I like to make, make an example like this. When you get married, right, it's not the ceremony that makes you married, right? It's, it's your commitment to that person that makes you married. But, but the wedding celebration is just you publicly saying, hey, world, I am committing my life to this person, and I want everybody to know it. I'm not ashamed of the person that I'm committing my life to. And that's what baptism is. You're publicly letting the world know, I have decided to follow Jesus. I'm dying to my old self when you go into that water, and I'm raising it to new life with him when you come out of that water. It's a powerful thing, man. It's, it's, it's a powerful experience. And so if you recently started following Jesus, man, even if today you started following Jesus, consider baptism. Talk to a pastor or go to our website, renew.miami forward slash baptism. There's a bunch of information on what baptism is, and there's even a registration link if that's something that you want to sign up for. Also on May the 1st is guest mail. So many of you got yourselves introduced to Renew Church from the Easter service. Man, thank you for coming. Thank you guys for coming back. We appreciate it. Well, if you're newer to Renew Church, we want to invite you to our guest meal. It's a free meal. Who doesn't like free food, right? It's a free meal. You get to just hang out, talk to you guys. Some stuff that we typically don't get to do on a normal Sunday because of the, you know, the service and everything going on. You've got plans. Well, guest meal is just a time for us to hang out, chill, get to know each other, just talk, man. No agenda, just, just hanging out and getting to know some people, man. So if you're newer to Renew Church, I encourage you to come join us for guest meal on May the 1st. It's after the 10.35 a.m. service, um, and it's going to be a great time. And you're going to be able to meet some of our people, and, and it's going to be great. I encourage all you guys to do that. Also, there's this holiday coming up on May the 8th. It's called Mother's Day. You guys you guys familiar with that? Dads, write it down right now so you don't forget. Mother's Day is on May the 8th, and it's going to be a special day, man. We have 
these, um, these invite cards for you guys. Uh, moms, we want to do something special for you guys. Um, there's going to be some coffee involved. That's all I'm going to say now. There's going to be some really cool things going on that day. And also there's going to be child dedication. So if you have a young child and you want to dedicate them to the Lord, well, what does that mean? Well, basically it's just you are standing in front of your church family and just letting them know, hey, I am committed to raising my child or my children in the ways of the Lord. And your church family, we, we're responding with you. We're saying that we are going to be committed with you to help raise your kids and lead them um, in the ways of the Lord. So it's an awesome thing. It's a great time of prayer and just dedicating that child to the Lord. It's also a good time to invite friends and family to come and see that and, and they'll be able to see you and your family appear. It's, and it's such an awesome time. So I encourage you guys, man, send out these things, invite some moms, be here. It's going to be an awesome time. Lastly, if you'd like to give to Renew Church, I just want to let you know that there's a few ways that you can do that. The first way is in person via the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you, and you can drop them off in one of the buckets on your way out. The second way to do that is to do it online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving. And the third and final way to do that is to do it via text by texting give to 786-565-1165. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for this service. God, we thank you for the opportunity to, to worship you, God. Uh, man, what a blessing, oh God. Lord, we pray over this offering. God, as we worship you in this way, Father, and we trust you. Pray that you would use this offering, Father, to continue to bring people to you, Father. Continue to, to reach this community and even impact communities that we don't even know about, Father, through the giving of, of, of your tithes and offerings, oh God. Use it, Father, for your glory, Father. And I pray that you would bless these people, oh God, as they worship you in this way and trust you, Father. You know what we need. You know what we're going through, Father. I pray, God, that you would, uh, God, have your way, have your will. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. See you next Sunday.